everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It is March 24th. It's 2021, and we have 11 NBA games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how's it going, my friend? Yeah, not too bad. Got a several hour nap in today, which doesn't normally happen. I'm not a great napper, but I'm, I'm feeling pretty good and ready to go back to sleep already, but Basketball is going just black. Played too much Wiggins. You guys probably all know how that's turning out. So I won't go into it too much, but yeah, could be worse. Could be better. We are brought to you guys by Superdraft. If you guys haven't checked them out, superdraft.com. They got a ton of great stuff going on over there. We will have our Superdraft play of the day later in the podcast. They got NBA up, um, MMA, NHL. They got a ton of stuff. They got NASCAR going. I'm sure they'll have MLB uh, so make sure you guys are checking them out. Use promo code GRINDERS. Uh, that way you get a $150 matching bonus on a $150 deposit or uh, dollar for dollar up to 50 bucks. So use promo code GRINDERS. Take advantage of that awesome promo that they're running right now. Um, they're not going to run this forever. So if you haven't checked them out, head on over there to check them out. We got a lot of games to get through here. So we're going to jump right in. We're going We're going right into it. I just uh, we hammer on through them. Yeah. <laughs> Pistons and Pacers, no total in this one. Uh, Diallo's out. Ellington's questionable. Hayes is out. Magruder's out. Okafor's out. And then on the Pacers side, Brogdon, really the reason that we don't have a total for this one. And Turner's questionable. Both of those guys. And then Warren remains out. Uh, let's start here with Detroit. Anything standing out to you for the Pistons? Not really. Um, like, honestly, Grant, he hasn't just, just hasn't been playing great recently. Plumlee's meant to getting ruled, brought back a little bit. Um, Sadiq Bay, like always is a chance at putting up a massive game just because he shoots a lot for me on the arc. So if it gets hot, he can end up with a 40, 50 point game. He's fine in tournaments, but his price tags up enough where I don't really want to use him. The only guy that I really have a little bit of interest in is Stewart. Um, he's been getting more minutes. Like if the game ends up staying close, it could get as mixed in around the fourth. Like he's been kind of eating into Plumlee's minutes a lot and kind of doing a 50, 50 split and Stewart's sitting there at 4,700 he hasn't had a huge game in a while, um, but he's getting close to that double-double bonus in most games, putting up 10 points almost every single game. If he has a good night shooting from the field and can get a few extra boards, he can end up with a 33, 35-point game at 4,700. I think that he's the guy that's probably the only one really worth a shot. Maybe DeLon Wright, just because this game stays close, he can put up a ceiling game, play high 30s minutes, and put up 45 points at 6,100. But realistically, Detroit's for the most part a fade to me. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on Detroit. Even though, like, the Pacers are a team that typically struggles against big men, so Grant, Plumlee, they're okay, but they're not even priced like value guys. So, um, Grant, it's been a while since Grant's had, like, a 50 fantasy point game, too. Um, definitely has slowed down. So, I'm probably not playing much from Detroit, and the Pacers all depends on – brogdon and, and turner um if brogdon doesn't play i think lavert at 6600 is in play if turner's out you know obviously sabonis but you know we're potentially even getting minutes from dougie fresh um bitsdale these guys are bits days like what are you looking at here for um the pacers yeah um it's pretty much all dependent on the turner and brogdon news we saw sabonis put up a decent night the other night but the game was a complete and total blowout so I would expect more minutes out of him. 
if a game stays close, there's a usage to go up a little bit without Brogdon in there, without Turner in there. So he's the guy that would go to first. But, yeah, Levert had a good game. Like, he had 38 points. But, again, he only played 31 minutes. He should be closer to 35, 36 minutes. If Brogdon is missing the big usage increase here, didn't shoot well from the field, still hasn't shot well from the field pretty much since he joined um, the – Pacers, but the volume is there. Like I really like Levert if Brogdon's out. I don't know how many people are going to end up being on him, but also McConnell like played 32 minutes and really didn't get a lot of run in the fourth quarter. If Brogdon's out, we can kind of expect that again. He's a guy that can end up giving you a double double, and he can put up 40 fantasy points at his price tag. So I, I like quite a few Pacers if Brogdon and Turner are both out. Um, but if both of them are playing, then it's pretty much just a bonus for me. It's a decent match of going up against Detroit. And any given night, he still has 50, 60 fantasy point upside. Um, anything else from this one? No. All right, moving on. We got Denver at Toronto. 224 total here. Denver favored by one. They are on a back-to-back, so we'll be waiting on injury news for them. Toronto, uh, pretty much good to go here. Uh, anything standing out to you for Denver? Joker and Murray, like Murray's playing a boatload of minutes every single night, has 50-point upside, put up 50 against Chicago not too long ago. Toronto's not a bad matchup for him. Um, And Joker is just on a tear, like just triple-double, 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 triple-double almost every single night here. He's been playing fantastic. The last three games averaging 70 points per game. Can expect that to continue even on the second of a back-to-back match versus Toronto's not bad, a little bit of a mismatch for him. So he should end up crushing here. If you want to go with Porter – like, that's fine. If you want to go with Barton, that's fine. Like, it's a way to get off of the chalkier Joker, but I think the better play is Murray. Um, just Joker and Murray, pretty much. Listen, yesterday I talked about um, Jokic not doing well against the Magic, and um, <laughs> oh, I was wrong. Um, he had a, a stellar game. Uh, Murray was one of my favorite plays on the slate, and he just shot awful. You got what you wanted from Murray. Put up 21 shots against the Orlando Magic and just – he didn't kill you. Like, he had a decent game. He didn't kill you. But, man, um, if he shoots closer to 50%, you're you're over 40-plus fantasy points. And that's what happens, Grant. You know? Yeah. You, you got to – Looking for wrong. volume. You're not always looking – you hope for production. You're looking for volume. Yeah. Um, Jokic has definitely been giving us that volume, triple-double upside every night. Uh, anything here for Toronto? Van Vliet's fine. Siakam's fine. Like, their price where they should be. Lowry and Powell may be moving at some point today. So, obviously, like, night before, we don't know. We could get news of that beforehand. If Powell or Lowry gets shipped out, then it gives a bump to both Siakam and Van Vliet, and they become close to elite plays. Um, But, like, I'm not playing Lowry or Powell. Like, they're priced where they should be. They're priced higher than they should be. You're not really getting a huge amount of upside from them. They could end up sitting, like – they're pretty close, I think, to moving right now. So, realistically, just Van Vliet and Siakam. Like, Van Vliet's been putting up 40 recently in almost every single game. He can get hot from behind the arc and put up a ton of points. He's playing a boatload of minutes, 41 in each of the last three games. So, even if just a point-per-minute producer, he's still not getting a bad night, and he definitely offers you some upside. But pretty much him and Siakam are the only two that I would consider. Yeah, with all these guys healthy – a um, lot of lot of mouths to feed here. We just got done talking about vo- volume in general. I think Van Vliet is your ceiling guy right now for Toronto. Um, never hate taking shots on Siakam if you're playing a bunch of tournament teams. 
Boston at Milwaukee, no total in this game. This game could get uh, very interesting. Uh, Thompson's out, but on the other side, the probably the biggest news on the slate, right? Giannis yeah. is questionable. Um, by far the biggest news. Um, listen, he's dealing with a little bit of a knee injury. Um, he missed Monday's game. He practiced Tuesday. Kids gloves, right? There's no way, like, if he's sore at all, he's playing in this game um, if you're Milwaukee. But uh, what are we looking at here for Boston? Just Brown. Like, TD doesn't play then. I mean, Robert Williams has been putting up some big outings recently, but a little bit hit or miss, like fantastic on point-per-minute basis, can get a bunch of stocks. Uh, but realistically, we don't know how many minutes he's going to end up getting. Obviously, the last one he got 28 with TT out, but also Tatum was out and Kemba was out. So it was just a game where he – they had to throw some bodies in there. And so they went with him um, this game. don't know about that. Don't know if he's going to get much more than 20 minutes, but he's still definitely a guy that's in play in tournaments. Marcus smart with everyone coming back. Not really a guy that I'm looking into with Kemba Tatum and Brown on the floor. They all give themselves a little bit of a decrease in production. So if I'm going to go with anyone, it would probably be Brown. He's been playing really well recently up over 45 and five straight games. Price has gone up a bit all the way up to 8300 so he's getting close to where he should be. But if he continues his production, he can give you a decent enough night. So Brown's really the guy I'm looking for because Tame's just kind of taking a back seat. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think Brown is the main play here. Um, Tatum's had like the earlier this season, Tatum had a really great game against uh, the Bucks. If Giannis plays, I could see taking shots on Tatum for like kind of like a back and forth kind of thing. Um, what do you like here for the Bucks? For the Bucks, it all depends on the Giannis news. If Giannis is out, then Middleton, Drew are just locking loads again. Bobby Porras probably makes his way into the starting lineup. He did get a price increase all the way up to 5,300. Still offers a little bit of upside there. DiVincenzo is the tournament play here. I know they didn't have a great game the other night. He only ended up playing 28 minutes. He still had 13 boards in that time. Just didn't shoot the ball a lot because he didn't really need to. And Middleton and Drew were doing their thing. But like Drew and Middleton, even if even though their prices have increased a bit, they're still going to come in around 30% ownership. And I think that's still a spot where they probably should be. Um, Drew and Middleton both get a 7.5% usage bump without Giannis on the floor. So they're fantastic plays, but I think Devin Chendo is probably the best tournament play here. Guy's been putting up good nights each and every single night. He didn't get run the fourth quarter in this last game because of the blowout and still ended up putting up 29 points. He's at over 40 in two of the last three games. Been putting up 30 pretty consistently. One of these days, he's going to end up with a blow-up game where he actually ends up shooting the ball a lot, and I think this could be the spot here if Giannis ends up missing. Yeah, um, obviously, if Giannis is out, it's it's a it's a it's a spot we're definitely going to be um, targeting, even in a matchup against Boston. Like, you know, for so long we've classified Boston as like this great defensive team, but like they, they've been really bad. Like, you look at the last five games, they're twenty fifth in defensive rating. So, like, don't let the Boston's good at defense, like thoughts run through your head when you're looking at Milwaukee here if Giannis doesn't play. And if Giannis plays, I pretty much don't like anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't I, I still don't mind DiVincenzo if Giannis ends up. Yeah, playing, that yeah, that's true. Honestly. Um, moving on, we got Charlotte at Houston, 225 total here. Charlotte favored by three. Lamelo's out. Uh Zeller's questionable. And then on the Houston side. Exum's out, Gordon's out, Nawaba's out, Porter's questionable. Um, obviously, let's start with Char- Charlotte. Um, LaMelo Ball, uh, 
fractured wrists. Um, man, we're, this is this is going to be a long process for him. He's going to be out at least a month. It sounds like um, stinks because he was having a stellar season and he really fun to watch. Who benefits here, Grant? I mean, obviously we saw the other day with Hayward putting up a big night, Washington putting up a big night, Rozier putting up a big night. Graham is still pretty low price, but he ended up getting 29 minutes, a little bit less than I had hoped. But he definitely offers a little bit of upside of that price tag of 5-3. All of them kind of got a price increase. Rozier is all the way up from 6-6 to 7-1. Hayward's all the way up to 7-9. Washington's up to 7-3. I think that Washington's the guy that kind of gets – his price bump gets him out of it, but uh, Hayward and Rozier and Graham, all three of them, it's match versus Houston. They're one of the fastest paced teams in the NBA. They're not great defensively. They're not a great team overall. And so I'm worried about this game staying close, but with LaMelo out, I'm guessing that this game should end up staying close. So Hayward and Rozier are probably my two top guys. I mean, Rozier's probably without Melo in there going to end up putting up 20 shots a game. Hayward, same thing. Like, Melo was probably the biggest thing that limited his production because his shot attempts just went down pretty drastically. When Melo entered the starting lineup, now with Adam, the last game, he ended up putting up 19 shot attempts. Fast-paced magic here. I wouldn't be surprised if we put up 25. We saw it earlier on the season, him putting up massive numbers on a nightly basis without LaMelo there in the starting lineup. He's a guy that I think benefits a ton. And 46-point game, like, he's honestly got a 56-point game in him here potentially versus Houston. He's by far my favorite play, but Graham and Rozier, other guys that you can throw in there. I'm probably just staying away from PJ Washington because that price tag is probably about where it should be. And he's a little bit more hit or miss when you can get Hayward or Rozier for slightly more, slightly less. Yeah. You know, with LaMelo out probably for the rest of the season, I don't know if they've announced that or not. I know it's, it's probably likely, but um, I think Devonte Graham, this is the spot. He played 29 minutes the other night, um, back into the starting lineup, 5,300. The shots are going to come. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't get too worried about that. This is a great matchup against Houston. Really like Rogier at 7,100. Um, and then, like you mentioned, Hayward. Like, this is a great spot to target um, this matchup for Charlotte. And on the other side, the Houston side of things, you know, Charlotte just doesn't rebound. And, and like, you know, Christian Wood played a back-to-back the other night. I'm fully expecting his minutes to be really, really solid here. I think Christian Woods, one of the best tournament plays on the slate. Yeah, absolutely. Right there with you. Like he's absolutely like the game. He played 36 minutes, 46 points against Detroit. He put up 41 points in 28 minutes against golden state. First game back 26 minutes, put up 35 points. Second of a back-to-back. It was a real weird scenario. They said both John wall and Christian Wood are going to be on a man's limit. And they definitely limited Woods minutes there. He only ended up playing 28, but for some reason, John Wall got 36. So I hate the NBA. They're all a bunch of liars. I do not like this at all, but in any case, Christian Woods in an absolute smash spot. And I think John Wall, even with Oladipo likely playing, um, he's still in a good spot here. I mean, he put up 30 shot attempts the other night versus Toronto. Again, more guys in the lineup will kind of make that a little bit less of a thing, but still doesn't matter. Like his price tag is seven, six, probably too low. This is pretty much the Houston team that we saw earlier in the season before Christian Wood got injured. And if Wood or wall are going to get 30 some odd minutes and both of them could absolutely smash these price tags going up against Charlotte, who's been one of the faster paced teams. And they're still not good to friends with the already mentioned that they're bad at rebounding. Christian Wood is an absolutely fantastic play, but don't sleep on John wall. Yeah. Um, I would definitely wouldn't sleep on John Wall at 7,600 um, in a game that could have really, really good pace. Um, so, you know, you look at 
both these teams and they play at really similar pace, kind of like middle of the road. So um, this this should be a game that you should circle on an 11 game slate. And um, you're circling in the night before because you have a lot of the injury news for this game already. Uh, Phoenix at Orlando back to back for both these teams. No injury news. Um, no total. We'll start with Phoenix. Um, anything that you're concerned about here for Phoenix or um, anything that you like? I mean, Aiton's been putting up big game after big game and playing mid thirties minutes. He's 5.8 K seems like a little bit of a mispricing here. Um, I know that's likely because he just had a big game versus Miami, but even gets the Lakers, like the minutes have been there. Like Sarge was eating into a lot of his minutes and now it seems to be more Aiton right now. I mean, anything could, happen second of a back-to-back but his price tag is the one that stands out as a little low i know that orlando is not a great team and they're not great defensively especially with all the injuries they've had recently but chris paul and booker are just fine like they're not great plays they're priced where they should be booker definitely offers you a little bit of upside but aiden's the guy i'm really looking at in this game just because his minutes have gone up so much and they're probably going to need him a little bit with vooch in there orlando magic are terrible against guards uh, this is the same argument that I said yesterday for Jamal Murray. They're terrible against guards. And they just don't stop guards. Like, Devin Booker could break the slate. If he gets up, like, one of those games where he has, like, 20, 25 shots and he's hitting shots, he could break the slate. So, if you're playing tournaments, I definitely think you should be looking at Devin Booker. Chris Paul's in a good spot. Um, let's go to the Orlando Magic side of things. We were ch- kind of chatting about it uh, before we got started here. We think everybody's going to play on the second end of a back-to-back. I know Aaron Gordon's been dealing with injuries. Uh, Fournier's been dealing with injuries. We we expect these guys to play because they've recently played a back-to-back. Yeah, yeah, no, and I mean, they're kind of all just mediocre plays. Like, Gordon's probably my favorite at 7K. I'm a little bit worried about his minutes on the second of a back-to-back, but he recently played 36 minutes on the second of a back-to-back going up against Brooklyn Grand. I think that was because Fournier and Ross were out. We're expecting Ross to be out again. I think Gordon's probably the top overall play over on uh, Orlando. I think Vooch is fine. Like Aiden, obviously not the greatest defender, but he's been a little bit his hit or miss, and his usage definitely goes down having both Gordon and Fournier in the offense. Fournier, more of a play over on Superdraft, our sponsors, at 1.6x. I think he offers you a decent amount of upside. He's been putting up an, close to 20 uh, shot attempts almost every single game for the last four games. Um just a guy that's going to get there on volume potentially is going to shoot enough and he gets hot. He ends up crushing 6.8 K is probably priced where he should be, but there's definitely a little bit of upside left on there. I just don't like the matchup too much. So it's predominantly Gordon here for me, who I think is going to end up playing mid thirties minutes and should take a lot of the usage with Ross still out. Moving on, we got uh, the Cavs and the Bulls, 218.5 total here. Chicago favored by 5.5. Dova, Drummond, Love, Prince remain out. Temple questionable on the Chicago side. What's standing out to you here for Cleveland? Just Sexton. Um, Garland, Nance both offer you a little bit of upside. I mean, obviously with Kevin Love out, Nance's minutes are a little bit more secure, but Sexton's really the only guy that's giving you a ton of upside on any given night. Didn't do great versus Sacramento, but that game was a blood. He only played 29 minutes. Prior to that, was playing high 30s minutes almost every single game. And if he's going to play high 30s minutes, he's going to shoot the ball 20-plus times, and he's going to end up crushing on nights occasionally. He's the guy on the slate at 7.4K who probably offers you the most upside outside of maybe John Wall. Like, it's just that simple. Like, Sexton could end up disappointing any given night, but it's a match versus Chicago. They're not great against points, um, and they run at a pretty high pace. So, 
it's pretty much just Sexton for me. Like, I don't really want to play in these other Cleveland guys, even though Nance and Garland do have an upside, even though Allen does have upside. More often than not, they're going to end up crushing your dreams, and we have an 11-game slate, so I'd rather get a little bit more safety with other guys. The only guy that really has a little bit of safety but a lot of upside is Sexton. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely don't mind Sexton. You know, you want an emotional roller coaster for DFS, roster Larry Nance Jr., um let's talk about the chicago side of things anything stand out to you for the bulls levine's fine that's it i don't want i don't want to play any bulls like match versus cleveland obviously not the quickest pace team in the league and they've been a little bit up and down and defensively throughout the course of the season but i don't expect a ton of points to be scored here like chicago has enough bodies in here where yeah levine may end up playing 38 minutes of the game ends up staying close and he may end up chucking the ball 30 times so he's definitely worth a shot tournaments on any given night but marketing, like, can't fully trust his minutes all the time. Not really getting into the mid-30s where I want him to be. Thad Young, rotation has been all over the place. Sadoransky, his price tag is up to 4600 now. Even though he's going to play 30 minutes, like, he's fine. He's fine as a last piece if you need the price savings and not a lot of value ends up opening up on the slate. But realistically, it's just Levine. Yeah, and you don't even feel, you know, ultimately crazy about – rostering him um yeah let's move on um chicago everybody's healthy tough to play these guys memphis at okc no total in this game uh triple j remains out Baisley's out leonard's out and hill is out uh for okc what do you like here from memphis i mean javalentunas got 34 minutes the other night unexpectedly happens um but not something I fully expect any given night. He's always in play for tournaments. But John Morant finally had a pretty decent night the other night, putting up 25 shot attempts, finally actually had a decent shooting night. He's been shooting so terrible. And they didn't really give him much of a price increase up from 73 to 75. I think he's too cheap given his upside. Like, again, once he starts shooting well, he ends up crushing. And we saw that when he shot 48% from the field and ended up with 48 points. He's not even shooting well from behind the arc. Hasn't had a good shooting night from behind the arc since the beginning of the month going up against Milwaukee, but this guy's giving you 50 point upside on any given slate. I'm still going to keep playing him. I'm not going to chase Dylan Brooks and his massive night against Boston. That was a lot because of the injuries. That was just a high scoring game. And he will occasionally do that. Just put up a random 50 point game and then be trash for the next week or two. Like last time he did against Milwaukee right afterwards, 15 points, 28 points, 27 points. So I'd never argue with him in tournaments, but not a guy that I'm actively looking to play outside of maybe a game stack. But Morant, too underpriced and probably too low of a multiplier or to have a low multiplier over on Superdraft at 1.4x. Uh, yeah, Morant's going to have those games where he has really great games too. Um, coming off a great game against Boston. Maybe this is like a run where he's going to get hot. Um, it feels like forever since he's had like a double-double game too. So those will come as well. Um, you know, going to the Thunder side of things here. Obviously, like SGA is like the huge usage guy. Um, Horford um sounds like he's gonna play in this one what are we looking at here for the thunder nothing like sga is fine but no with horford in there like even the most is brown production like volume to each other's minutes roby same thing with sga playing like all door malon ty jerome are all priced up enough where they're not going to end up getting enough done to really get you there so i'm, I'm just full on fading okc outside of 
potential game stacks and in potential game stacks. I'm just using SGA because if it stays close, he ends up high thirties minutes, mid thirties minutes. And if he gets that much, that many minutes, he can end up putting up 25 plus shot attempts to get at 30 plus points. Like he did versus Minnesota. It's not a bad matchup going up against Memphis, but like uh, that's, that's pretty much it. SGA is only a bring back for a game stack. And that's the only interest I have in OKC. Dallas at Minnesota, 229 total here. Dallas favored by eight in this game. Willie Cauley-Stein's out. Uh, Beasley's out. McLaughlin is questionable. Russell's out. Um, What are we looking at here for Dallas? I mean, Luca's obviously the same guy we look at every single time. A 70-point upside. It's just picking between him and Harden, who are the same price tag on this slate. Harden going to be without Kyrie. Seems like the better play, but Luca makes a decent tournament pivot away from Harden because Harden can't have an off night any given night. It's a tough matchup versus Utah, even though Brooklyn's been a fantastic team. But without Kyrie in there, without Durant in there, like it's going to be a little bit tough for this game, that game to stay competitive. So it's pretty much just Luca as a potential pivot off of Harden. THJ is fine, can always end up with a decent game. Richardson can get hot from behind the arc, but more than likely going to end up with 15 to 20 points. So I'm just crossing all the Dallas players out. And the only thing I'm doing is pretty much if I want to differentiate, go off Harden, I go over to Luca. Yeah. Porzingis was like trending in the direction where it was going to be really nice because we were going to get him like in that 75, 73 range. And like, for some reason they raised his price again and he really hasn't warranted his price being raised. So I think Luca continues to be the only guy that I have interest in on the Mavs side of things. And then on the Minnesota side of things, like cat is expensive. Like he's one of the, one of the centers on this slate that does have like a massive ceiling, like him, Jokic, Vooch. Um, what do you like here for Minnesota? Edwards. Edwards is my favorite play. Cat's fine, but you're right. He is expensive. I'd rather pay it for Luca. I'd rather pay it for Harden. His price tag's just too high, but Edwards is still sitting at that mid 7K range, and it's because he is such an inconsistent shooter. If he, the volume's always there, like the volume's pretty much always there. I know I put 16 shot attempts up versus OKC, but generally he's right around the 20 to 30 shot range in most games. And if he's going to do that just based on volume, getting a few ancillary stats, he offers you the most upside. Really, really like him. I mean, as I'm talking through the slate, I just like so many guards in the 7K range. And I feel like that's where I'm going to be with most of my players. And Edwards is definitely one of those guys outside of that. I mean, Rubio has been playing really well the last two games been dishing out the ball a lot. I think that he potentially offers some upside, but his price tag has just gotten too high at 6.4 K that I don't really see the want or desire to use him. I'd rather just pay up for any of the other guys. So if you're stuck in that range, he's fine. But realistically, all I want here is Edwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, like he's the one guy that like makes sense here. Um, just in general, like Rubio has been playing great. We know how much like he's a second half player. So like, if you want to roll the dice on him, like I don't hate it. Um, I, I think Edwards is really like the ceiling guy. Like if you're trying to win a tournament, you're probably playing Edwards um, to pair with Luca. Clippers and Spurs. 220 and a half total here. Clippers favored by five and a half. Uh, Beverly and Ibaka are out. And then on the Spurs, LaMarcus, uh, Diop, and Walker are out. Rudy Gay is questionable. So some some interesting news on the Spurs side. Let's start with the Clippers. What are we looking at here for LA? 
just Kawhi. But I mean, I I don't really want to play anyone with everyone healthy. Like, kind of goes off. It gets everyone out of my player pool. Zubak probably only playing thirty minutes here, but he's at five point five k now. Like, they may cut his minutes back a little. They don't really need him in the game that much. So, like, I don't. There's no one I really want to play. <laughs> Like, it's the same thing night in and night out whenever Kawhi and Paul George are playing. They're fine. Like, Kawhi is probably priced about where he should be, though, and it's a big enough slate where I don't see too many situations where he ends up with 60 points, which is where he ends up killing you. And more than likely, I'll end up in the 40, 45-point range, and I feel like there's better guys that you can go with at cheaper price tags. So I'm probably fading the Clippers. Uh, Yeah, I don't hate, like, um, taking a shot maybe on Paul George, but – Overall, I don't. I just love the spot in general. Um, what do you like here for San Antonio? San Antonio, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like, most of these guys are back. Obviously, LMA is still out. Like, Gay, if he doesn't play, that opens up a few more minutes for other guys. I think the guy that's giving you the most possible upside is Keldon Johnson, but he's also the most possible downside. It's just that simple. He's a guy that's boomer bust any given game, total, like, it's a decent matchup for him, but he's going to end up in the mid-20s minutes. Like DeRozan and Murray kind of take away from each other's usage. Derek White is at 5.8K, and yes, he can get hot shooting, but that's really it. I just – I don't have on almost any given night a desire to play Spurs, and going up against the Clippers, not a good matchup, just kind of makes it easier decision. Yeah, like Keldon Johnson, obviously low floor, high ceiling. Um, I'm with you there. DeRozan's right in that price range. You know, you wish he was a little bit cheaper, but he does have 50-point upside. So, like, he's not the worst option. Um, But the guy that, like, I don't know, man, Potals is another guy that's super interesting, but we've talked about, you know, enough centers on the slate that I don't think I end up on that range. Um I do think, like, if Rudy Gay misses with Lonnie Walker already out, too, um, it definitely frees up some minutes, um, but it's the Spurs. Like, you, it's a guessing game who's going to get those minutes. It could be Patty Mills. It could be Vassal. Um, it could be someone we never even heard of. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, 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 hate, I hate guessing on the Spurs. Like, it's my – it's just terrible. You know, it's probably been a lot more, like, profitable – just to not play Spurs um, in general. So, yep. Uh, Brooklyn at Utah, no total in this one. Uh, is back to back for Brooklyn. Um, as far as Utah goes, they're pretty good injury news wise. Uh, we know that Kyrie is out. We know Durant's not going to play. Um, so, like, that's a starting point. So, what are we looking at here for Brooklyn? I mean, James Harden, obviously, without those guys in. Doesn't even matter. He's on the second of a back-to-back. This game's close right now. It's still going on, and he's already at 50 points. Like, just real simple. When those guys are out, Harden takes up all the usage. It's a tough matchup versus Utah, but stars players like star players like Harden doesn't really matter too much. So Harden's really the guy that I'm looking at. But I don't mind throwing in a lot of these ancillary players. That are going to end up with a whole lot of whole lot of minutes. So Jeff Green, Claxton. Joe Harris, all these guys can end up with a big game. I know Claxton's having a good game tonight. Uh, they'd be the ones I really want to look at. So, I mean, Claxton's too cheap still at 4K. Jeff Green, considering his minutes and considering his potential ceiling and extra shot attempts, he's probably too cheap at 4,400. But, I mean, just pick which one of those Brooklyn players you want to play, and that's it. 
Yeah, uh, let's go to listen. It's Harden. Like, I, don't overthink this. If he plays, like he's the guy you're playing in this spot. Um, assuming that he plays here, like I, I thought it was interesting. Like Jeff Green getting you know really solid run on Tuesday. That doesn't really shock me too much. Definitely still worried about like all the big men that they have. They have Jordan. They have Griffin now. Uh, TLC got a lot of run in that Tuesday game as well. Uh, so it's definitely something to kind of note. Utah, um, Rudy Gobert, he gets the Brooklyn bump. Like he is someone that is right up there with Christian Wood as guys you definitely want to be looking at here. Yep, Gobert and Mitchell's been playing really well recently. It's match versus Brooklyn. They're not great defensively. Like it's that simple. They're going to run at a fast pace. There's going to be a lot of possessions here. Gobert and Mitchell are the two guys you really want to go with. If you want to throw in Conley, that's probably also fine. Ingles, I only play if someone's out and he gets in the starting lineup. Clarkson, like, still only going to end up with 23, 25 minutes. It is a good spot, but priced where he should be or probably priced a little bit too high considering. So it's Mitchell and it's Gobert and Gobert, yeah. Going up against Brooklyn, it's a beautiful spot for him. He can end up with one of his 60-point fantasy games here, end up with 20 rebounds with all the shots going around here. So it's really just those two guys and some match versus Brooklyn. It's one of the best ones you can get. We finish out the night with the game that I think a lot of people are going to be waiting for. Um, Atlanta at Sacramento, 236 and a half total. Atlanta favored by three in this game. Dunn's out, Reddish is out. Gallinari is questionable. Um, and then Bagley's out on the, the Kings side. Atlanta, um, possibly the hottest team in the NBA right now. Um, they're rocking and rolling. Uh, they, they are in the top five and a lot of stats over the last um, since the all-star break, really, what are we looking at here uh, for Atlanta? I mean, kind of everything Collins has been playing some really good basketball and some matchup versus the Kings. Like this game stays close. He should be in low thirties minutes and he can crush um, Capella a little tough to trust his minutes got up to 29 going up against the Clippers. If he played, was going to play 30s minutes, I would be a little bit more interested. But if Gallinari is out, Hunter, I know that he just came back from injury. Like, we don't hear that he's going to be on mince restriction. He could be in play. Gallinari is out. Her could see a few extra minutes here, and it's not a bad spot. But Trey Young and Collins are really the two guys that you're looking at. Trey Young, 8.7K going up against the Kings. Like, that's, that's just far, far too cheap. And I know he hasn't been playing great recently. Um, but he's still got 60 fantasy point upside. And this price tag has just come down so far. That a matchup versus the Kings, they're by far the worst team in the league in defense. And still, like, they're ninth in pace right now. And as of the last, like, month and a half, I think they're fourth in pace. Like, they're playing at a much faster spot. And I know they were in a low-scoring game the other night, but that doesn't matter. Like, Trey Young is drastically underpriced here. And Collins is still a guy that, is in a great spot going up against the Kings and is probably a little too cheap if he ends up getting into the mid thirties minutes. Yeah, uh, man. Like I love Trey Young in the spot. I think he smashes here. Um, so yeah, definitely taking shots on Collins, which <laughs> you know how much I love that. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to have better recently. Like ever yeah, since um, they got a new coach, like Will mentioned the other night, his production has gone up. These minutes have gone up and grand a lot of that was because of Capella, but Capella is only playing like mid twenties, occasionally high 20 minutes since coming back from that injury. They give him a little bit extra run to Collins. 
Um, let's talk about the king side of things. What are we looking at here for Halliburton? For Kings? For Halliburton? Uh, yeah, Halliburton. Halliburton played 36 minutes. He's been playing mid-30s Sorry. minutes. You know who I like on this team. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I'm right there with you. He's 5,700, and he's playing mid-30s minutes. I know he hasn't been producing great, but he has been shooting well. He just had a 37-point night going up against Cleveland, and he's still clearly underpriced. Fox is a guy that always offers a bit of upside and can put up 30, 40 real-life points in any given spot there. And I don't mind him. I don't mind him in a game stack. Holmes, like, expected him to get a ton of minutes after Bagley went out, and he did for a little bit, and it's kind of been up and down, but we always potentially worry about a little bit of foul problems. He still offers you a bit of upside because he's going to – if he plays 35 minutes, but he's not my, really my favorite play. Hyde is fine. Not really a guy I want to play almost ever. Like Barnes occasionally offer you a bunch of upside, but realistically, Halliburton's by far the best play, followed by Fox. Yeah, I, like I love Halliburton. Um, we just been patiently waiting for the minutes, and the minutes are there. Um, you know, you, you overlooked the Philly game; they got blown out by Philly in that game. Philly's been playing great defense. Um, you know, I, I definitely don't mind taking shots on Holmes, just because I think he's going to have to play really solid minutes here assuming that he doesn't get in foul trouble. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that this is a game everybody's going to want to stack. Um, doesn't ma- matter how many tournament teams you're playing or whatever. This is a game you're going to want to get um, exposure to. So, uh, Grant, let's hop on over to Superdraft and do our Superdraft play of the day. Um because you play over there uh, and you play a ton over there, I'm going first. Um, yeah. Not, not even giving you, not even giving you the option um, for this one, but I'm going to go with Terry Rozier. Um, we talked about that spot a lot with LaMelo being out. Terry Rozier is a 1.45 multiplier. Uh, really like the spot for him. I think this is a great spot to take advantage of it. Um, I think you could play Graham as well. He's 1.65. So just wanted to highlight these Charlotte guards. Um, I don't expect their multipliers to stay this high um, with LaMelo being out for too long. Yeah, they definitely haven't adjusted. And one spot they definitely did not adjust was Drew Holiday. If Giannis ends up missing, you can pretty much just lock him in over on Superdraft. He's going to be 65 70% owned. And I still don't know if that's high enough considering his multiplier. But if you're looking for off the board plays, I think Fournier or Aaron Gordon are both off the board at 1.55 and 1.6. I think Murray, Morant, and Edwards all at 1.4x multipliers are a little bit too high there. Um, but like that, that's kind of where you're looking at um, for a lot of spots. And then Time Lord, Robert Williams, 1.65x. Like he's the guy that can really help you take down a tournament. If Tristan Thompson, with Tristan Thompson out going against Milwaukee, they have a lot of height if Giannis into playing, or if he doesn't, he could get some extra run here, but that multiplier is far too high on the side. He has three points for blocks or steals, but I have a super draft show tomorrow, 1230 Eastern. If you want to look at super draft, go ahead, go ahead and hop on and watch it. There you go. Uh, let's get into the morning grind game here. Um, start us off, Grant favorite play under 5x or 5k to 7x uh, it's a little tough the night before but i'm gonna go with stewart for detroit yeah don't hate it um don't hate it I'm trying to like there was somebody that i really liked down here when we were 
looking at things and I usually write it down and I totally forgot. And I really uh, just quick, quickly scrolling, but I really don't remember who it was. Um, was it someone on Brooklyn, Claxton, Jeff Green? We'll, we'll just say Jeff Green. That's not who it was. If I remember, obviously I remember I'm doing a lot of premium content tomorrow. But if I remember, I'll tweet it out. Um, there you go. Over 8K to go under 5X. Um, who's your bust today? Downs. Cats. Yep. I feel that one's brave. I feel like he gets 50, but I can totally see why he wouldn't. Um, man, this question is tough today. It's really tough. Um, let's just. I want to say Tatum. But I, that's, I think a, can, that's a pretty solid one. I think he can get there, but I'm going to go Tatum. I, I know I'm not playing today. So, favorite 6X play, Grant, who do you got? Do you want Halliburton? No, I, was, I wasn't even taking him. Okay, I'll take Halliburton. Well, I, I told you. My, my guy today, like, my guy is Christian Wood. Like, I love this spot for Christian Wood. Uh, let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got? John Morant's not going to be that heavily owned, right? No. Uh, like, we, the get weird GPP play of the day, usually under 10%. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, nobody plays Rudy Gobert. Like, this is a spot to play him, and I don't know if people will play him against Brooklyn. So, yeah, I'll say. Fantastic rule. It's centers versus Brooklyn. Yeah, you get the Brooklyn bump. Like I should trademark that. That's my that's my thing. Um, I'm not gonna say him. I think people are playing today. Give me Van Vliet against Denver. Um, I don't think he'll be too popular on this slate. Uh, game selection. Anything standing out to you? Um, why don't you highlight? You, you like to highlight the Super Draft contest. What are we looking at over on Super Draft for today? Uh, my favorite contest is probably the Super Eight eight dollar entry. It's three K up top, so it's a decent. Decent enough prize. It's two th- only two thousand entries. It's probably gonna overlay. Like it's not too constrictive. Like obviously you can do the eighteen dollar one. It's pretty much the same thing, same uh, prize format. But the eight K, like if you want to throw in fifty entries, and it's only four hundred bucks. If you want to throw in ten entries, it's obviously only eighty bucks. So you're not gonna find much better odds considering that there's overlay every single slate. So Super Eight probably the best contest out there. If you want do a little bit less entries, the Fadeaway is thirty bucks or twenty five bucks. One hundred and twelve entries total. Probably going to overlay three entry max. So those are the those are the two contests that I probably will end up maxing out for sure. Um, the NBA switch over there on FanDuel. It's a fifty dollars single entry. Four hundred and fifty four play people. Um, first place is fifteen percent. Pays out twenty four percent. I try to go up and down with um buy in ranges, but. Someone's going to turn 50 bucks into three grand. This is a great slate to play single entry. There's so many ways you could get different um, on this slate just in general. So, um, so yeah, that's where I'm looking. Um, any over under against the spread? Uh, Atlanta minus three seems too low, even in Sacramento. Yeah, there you go. Atlanta minus three. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I even like when I wrote that down, I always write down um, lines and stuff. When I wrote that down, I was like, man, that seems really, really good. Um, Denver minus one. I think that line moves. I, I'm going to, I'm going to take Denver minus one. Um, 
I hope everybody listened to me yesterday for what it's worth, because yesterday I was talking about how I thought the New Orleans line was crazy. New Orleans minus five and a half. It never moved, Grant. Like it moved up to six and it went back down to five and a half. It went six. I think it ended at six and a half. But like I thought it was going to be I told Will yesterday, I thought it was going to be like eight or nine. And uh, Dever just smoked the lake. Like it wasn't even it wasn't even remotely close. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, my friend. Yeah. Like, hopefully people listen. But that's it. That's it. We got through it. 11 game. Man, 11 game slates are tough. It makes you really get prepared for baseball season. Um, uh, that is right around the corner. I cannot be more excited. Yes. Uh, we're finalizing baseball, basketball plans for the morning grind, but there will be baseball morning grind. Um, you know, definitely be on the look for that. You know how excited I'm about baseball, everybody. But that's it. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more hoops. Hope everyone crushes on the slate. Good luck, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow. Hey, kids.